Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A grain of rice, a, a, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Welcome to the GAA Championship Podcast, now sponsored by Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Renault are also a title sponsor of the Renault GA World Games 2019, taking place in Waterford from the 28th of July to August 1st, and the finals in Croke Park on August 2nd. With 1,300 players from 10 regions around the globe coming home to play on Irish soil, you've no excuse not to make it down. You can find out more about that at renault.ie forward slash GA, where you'll also get access to some special offers exclusive to GA members so check it out now. Now a sombre mood in Cork this Monday morning after yesterday's All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship quarter-final defeat to Kilkenny in Crow Park. It means that uh, Kilkenny face Limerick in the All-Ireland uh, semi-finals in two weeks' time. And uh, what a game that will be. Now we have uh, two men that know all about big days and big disappointments as well. Uh, Derek McGrath and Jerk Cunningham here in studio with us. Uh, Gentlemen, I'm going to come with the easy question to you, Ger. We're going to start the post-mortem straight away. We're looking at the cork corpse. What's your diagnosis? I just say it, very, very disappointed and deflated this morning, Cullum. Uh, I suppose like everyone else, we went up with high hopes yesterday. You know, I was cautiously optimistic that that, that we had a we had a good chance, but um, again, I suppose. Playing Kilkenny in in a knockout game in an All Ireland quarter final in Crow Park, like you know that that that's a very difficult challenge in itself. And I just felt that there was a bit of I know there was a bit of optimism, a bit of confidence around the town, like but maybe it was you know might have been a small bit unjustified in relation to if you look back on the on the, on the season as a whole this year. You know I was kind of doing the sums on it last. Night. I think we kind of played 
12 competitive matches and we won five, you know what I mean? So less than a 50% record. So uh, again, I suppose we felt, obviously, if we're going up yesterday, we have we, we have very good forwards and I think that we have guys who, who are very good hurlers. But the worry for me was the defence, that we were, you know, it looked a bit unsettled. We went up to Westmead, we scored a huge score, but we conceded 20 points and they played with two sweepers. So, you know, and I think they had some like 13 or 14 wides even in the match, you know what I mean? So I just felt last, yesterday going up, I just wasn't sure, you know, I think Kilkenny, you know, all year there was no sign of Richie Hogan. Next thing he appears yesterday, you know. Uh, Walter Walsh didn't start, but came on had a huge effect. So you know, it's just I think we had a chance yesterday in the first half. We put ourselves in the right. You know, we started really well, had chances, and I was alongside the Kilkenny man. And I said after 25 minutes, I turned to him and I said, "We're after doing all the hurling, and we're two pints down, one eight to one six. You know, and I, I think Kilkenny, you know, they just bring a a huge aggression and a huge just you know an individual battle to the game. Like there's no real tactics or per se that we can that are, that are obvious to the naked eye for us to see and uh, but like they, they you know they're they're so hard to beat you know they've, they've been kind of kind of pouring away all year you know having you know questions being asked to them as well that they didn't win Leinster but uh, you know Cody again yesterday like they just said they just it just, just was just raw aggression and I think it just it 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 it, it, it struggled Cork and I think the period after half time, fifteen minutes there, we didn't score. Like they got attacked on a goal and five or six points, and all of a sudden you're chasing the game against a strong wind. And I think you just give Kilkenny a small little smell of blood or victory, and they'll they'll they'll, they'll take it out on you. Okay, Derek, we mentioned there Kilkenny, all those words, uh, aggression, hunger. Do you veer more towards what Kilkenny brought to the party or Cox failings? Yeah, I think you can't you can't really synopsize on it without talking about both I suppose really you know like Jar, 14 minutes in I'd felt Cork had done all the hurling I looked up at the scoreboard and, and Kilkenny were three points up you know Cork seemed to be opening up the space I, I would have even talked in the run up to the game about Kilkenny's kind of I suppose propensity to leave a huge amount of space all year all around the field and they seem to be leaving that space again for Cadigan and Horgan to, to operate in and yet for all that they seem to be ahead on the scoreboard I think there was a lack of a kind of a clinical kind of nature to Cork's play in the first half and that they had two very good goal scoring chances without being you know absolutely you know pro Cork I would have felt that they could have easily gone in at half time seven or eight points to the good and you know a different mindset creeps in then two points up at half at half time and it's almost as if like hey we should be an awful lot more up than this and then it's almost as if as, as Dale referred to that Kilkenny smelt a bit of blood then in terms of we, we have them where we where we wanted. It's almost in the trenches now. Uh, allied to that, I think Brian made some very, very subtle kind of a reconfiguration of the team at halftime. Walter Welch came in at 13, which meant that Mark Ellis went back, having played wing-back in the first half, went back in the corner cornerback in an obviously pre-choreographed um, uh, move from the Cork management. Um, Mullen went to 12, Richie Lahey went to the middle of the field and I thought Conor Fogel, he just stayed a little bit deeper than he had been in the first half. It was almost as if he was just abandoning Luke Mead or abandoning um, Daniel Carney and saying, look, I'll sit here and I'll have the protection of Rich- Richie Lahey and Kilkenny did what they always do from a tactical point of view. They'll tell you it's hard work, they'll say it's aggression, they'll say it's, you know, Brian will say that once they're over the white line, there was nothing I could do and they made the decisions as they were in front of them and there's a lot of truth in that. And the whole debate here is that the old school values and principles of honesty and aggression and, you know, a principled way as opposed to maybe Cork's flakiness or a lack of character or mental frailty. And somewhere in between, I think, lies the truth in that I think it's very easy kind of, you know, the, the one criticism I'd have of, of Cork over the number of years, everybody has talked about 
their you know their defensive setup and that they haven't solved the problems. And then I was trying to say to myself, looking at the under twenty game the other night, when you look at like we say O'Leary Hayes and Millerick and 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 Rob Downey, are they ready, quite ready to go? So it's very easy to kind of admonish or give out or castigate. I think it's coming up with the solutions as as regards you know. You know, is, is it the reconfiguration of the team with some of the perhaps forwards coming back into the backs, or you know what can be done if if you like? So for me, it's a combination of factors in regards why Cork didn't perform, but ultimately they got into a battle, and when the battle was at its greatest, courage and and resolve were were were, were the traits needed, and and Kikini had those in in more abundant kind of in a in more abundant nature than than um than than Cork. No, Anthony isn't here with us today. He's in uh, West Clare listening to us. So, uh, hello, Anthony. Hope the uh, the head is well uh, out west. A big clean-up, I'm told, uh, taking part after a major festival success out around uh, Cora Clare, Kilrush side of the world. Uh, a word, a line in his column today, Ger. Uh, I said it here on Saturday that Cork are the flakiest team in the country. What would you respond or how if, if Dale was here how would you yeah, I suppose on, a, on the day after a match and you felt that you know that I suppose that he, he Cork maybe gave them an opportunity yesterday for him to, to say that like you know what I mean I, you know I suppose it's a question that's going to be asked I suppose in the last couple of years you know what does flaky mean to you well I suppose from, from a Cork perspective you know, maybe it's different in player like you know what I mean but I think that flaky in a point of view that you know that you can you know these guys have been have, have been there before they've been tested before and under maybe under the cash under pressure when it's put up to them, it's they've, they've, they've failed to deliver, and I think you know that, that would be my taking of what Dale was trying to say there in the paper this morning. Like you know, but you know, I I think it's harsh in, in the sense you know, of, of 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 that comment. Like you know what I mean? That it's very easy to throw out that kind of scenario, um, but I, I just think that going back to uh, to the point that Derek was made is that Cork didn't want to be, I suppose, in a battle with twenty minutes to go chasing the game. They needed to be ahead, you know. And I suppose over the years, I suppose it's been questioned like a lot of. A lot of these guys on the team, you know, they don't have all Ireland medals in the back, you know, in, in their in their back pocket. Mm. And then you look at the other side of the page, and you look at the, these guys who have been winners, you know. And again, there's been questions asked in Kilkenny about this, about these some of these guys as well. And people do question a certain scenario, but these guys have done it. You look over the other page, and you say, from a Cork point of view, you know what I mean? We haven't got over the line over the last number of years. Like we've been in, you know, we've been. I think we've been in two semi-finals and a quarter, two semi-finals. Three semi-finals since 2014, and we haven't got over the line. You know what I mean. So that's 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 very disappointing. And I suppose at that point of view, you have to look at it to say like, is a lot of the same players that are there? Is it time to you know maybe to look around to see is there other players there? And as Derek said, that's easier said than done. You know what I mean? Is, is there players out there that, that 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 the lads haven't been picking? And I'd say if you were to look at the, at the club matches that that have been happening over the last number of years, you know, I think the best players are, are in that squad. You know, and they're there. You know, but uh, but I suppose it's just I suppose that mental side of the game is just so important that when it comes down to it uh, when the questions are asked you know we've, we haven't got over the line and it's probably an area that needs to be uh, maybe looked at more closely going forward yeah I think a couple of things I think if you look at it really really kind of closely you know go back to the 2017 all Ireland semi-final against ourselves you'd have to say you know and this is not taken away from our own performance but you know coming near the end of that game Connor uh, Damien Callahan was sent off Patrick Horgan was sent off Cork were probably in a. I won't say they're in a winning position because I, I, I think it was it was going down the stretch. So do you call that flakiness? You know the fact that they're down to thirteen men and we we outscore them two five to a point in the last eight minutes based on thirteen against fifteen or thirteen against fourteen. Last year, as has been well documented, Jamie Harry takes a couple of steps around Nicky Quaid and the game is over. You know, or even Robbie O'Flynn puts it over and and, and it's a draw or, or it's a point victory for 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 Cork. 
is that flakiness or is it just the way hurling goes like in terms of so I think it's not populist but I think it's there's merit in, in not merit in what Anthony is saying there's, you can understand why people would question anyone's character that you can't get over get over the line but I, I don't think it's a character trait deficiency I think it's just the way the games have actually materialised right in front of them if you like yesterday for me you know ultimately if Alan Cadding getting four points Hoggy getting 310 Kilkenny hold or Cork holding um, you know Cork holding TJ scorers from play you'd say to yourself, Jesus, Cork, if they can get 27 points, and they did, they got 221, or 310, or they'll, they'll win the game, or 318, they'll win the game. Um, so for me, there was a number of things yesterday, no return from Conor Lahan, no return from Daniel Carney, no return from, from Luke Mead, and it also goes back to the week before against Westmead, where there was a, a reconfiguration of the team, Dara Fitzgibbon went to 11, Conor Lahan was at 10, Shane Kingston was at 12, and he got 5 points, and they got 140 you now, and I know, albeit against Westmead and the opposition might be, might be different, but it looked to me that the Fitzgibbon, you know, relocation was being trialled for a week later. And then it went back to Luke Mead and Daniel Kearney. So you wouldn't have to question those things, but you'd have to kind of look at those things perhaps and say the thinking behind it yesterday was probably Mead and Kearney give us that out ball, they go deep, they track back, they give us that game, and with 20 minutes to go, we'll spring Kingston, we'll spring Aidan Walsh, Robbie O'Flynn based on last week. And, you know, when you when you flip that, in retrospect, like all of us in hindsight, you might be able to say, if we went with Kingston from the start, if we went with Lahan and we went with Fitzgibbon at 11, had we something different? And sometimes, outside of personnel changes and, and a want for younger players, sometimes it can be just a positional change or a reconfiguration of the team that will that will spring something to life. Kilkenny being the perfect example. The first game they played against Dublin this year, Hugh Lawler was centre-back, Paddy Deegan was full-back, Porrig Welch was midfield. At half time, Porrig Welch ends up at centre back and Hugh, Welch, or Hugh Lawler ends up at full back. Similarly, yesterday, Alan Cadigan was lighting it up on Joey Holden, and next minute, Porrig Welch is back there. Now, albeit Alan still gave him trouble, but he was firefighting. You know, Brian was firefighting a little bit better perhaps than, than his Cork counterparts. Yeah, to be fair to Dale, like there's there's another line further on in today's piece in, in the Examiner that some of these Cork players seem to think that class will just win out, but it simply won't at this level. I think. Dalo's kind of point is almost like that, that this this corkness that some of the players think we're from Cork it'll 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 bring us over the line. Yeah, but I, it's it's I don't think they could, you know that, that hasn't happened over the last number of years. I think and you go back to the two, to, to the semi final involving Waterford two years ago. I suppose the last two years we've had excuses. I think we had mm. an excuse that Damien was sent off against Waterford uh, last year. Nicky Quaid uh, saved an excuse that again and maybe mask a situation where. When you reflect and look back and say, right, what, when we really analyse it, uh, and I think when they look, when they sit back in the call today over the next couple of weeks and they look back to yesterday, you know, they've no excuse yesterday. You know, I think yeah, we had, they, they, they had chances to early in the game to, you know, to put up a, put up a score and have Kilkenny chase you. Uh, but, yeah, but I think yesterday there was no excuse. You know, there was nothing in the context of, of, of an excuse compared to the previous two years. Um, you know, we have some good, very good players. We have some very classy players. We have some very good hurlers. But I think yesterday they were all inside in the full forward line. You know, and I suppose they were inside there. And there are, there are three best players. And it's the line outside was, was obviously a worry that, you know, I think Daniel Kearney hasn't played since the match, since the match against Clare. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word was he was injured. Um, uh, I, I think Connor's form is, uh, for some reason, over the last 
12 months has dipped alarmingly. He has certainly not the player that he's been over the last, over the last number of years. Luke Mead offers a role within the team that obviously John Wilder and the lads like. Uh, but again, I, I take Derek's point. They went up to up to West Mead. He got a huge score. You know, the boys coming off the team would have been buzzing. You know, Kingston would have got five points. Uh, maybe moving Dara fits sometimes that gives you a bit of a break yeah. and it gives you an energy that you're playing something different and they kind of went back to the tried and trusted I know it's easy to say it again this morning yeah. if, if they won the match you'd be saying well it was the right call to make and you go back to what you know but I just maybe question the fact of why did they need to change if they went up to oh, they got a huge score they got 41 scores against uh, against Westmead but you know playing playing you know, playing Shane Kingston, you get five points and then putting him back into the subs and then expecting him to come on to turn a game at 15 minutes to go when things probably, when they're coming on, mightn't have been going great. That's a very difficult scenario to be playing with, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, where you would have been, you would have been hoping that you would have played in the, in, the, in the last match. You've got five points, which obviously is a good return. Uh, and then you're told, then you're not picked for the following day. I just, just uh, I think now, you know, again, when you look at it now, the, the, those questions will be asked. I, I won't say an easy fix, Ger. For car curling, but you're you're not saying root and branch reform or anything like that. No, there's no root. Like like like, it's so difficult now in the context of like the four top four or five teams are so competitive. Uh, there's not a, like on any given day, uh, things can things can go your way or things might not go your way. I don't think there's a huge uh, there's a, there's a few things I think they need to look at in in, in and maybe. Now that the fact that we got to the under twenty one final or the under twenty one last year, under twenty this year, you know there is a crop of guys coming through that 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 looked like that they they have potential to step forward. Now the question is when can when can they step forward or will they be given the chance or are they ready for that chance? And it's trying to trying to mix that group in there with the group that's already there because if you look through that, I think the Cork team that's there already, there's quite there's a lot of them quite experienced. I mean a lot of them quite been around a while. Nasher, Cadigan, Steve McDonnell, you know, Mark Ellis has been has been around since two thousand thirteen, Bill Cooper, you know, Hoggy's not getting any younger, unfortunately. Seamus Harnity. There's a core there that have been around a while. And I suppose, you know, you were only hoping that the guys that are that need maybe need to come through, that Hoggy's still there for, for one, like you know what I mean? That's because of you know, that performance yesterday was was, was incredible. Like and I think that uh, you know, it's over the years, you look at the last number of years, teams that have guys that have given up performance and when, when when they're on the beaten side, you think of Shamie Cannon back in 2015, I think against Galway, scoring three nine. Joe Canning's first year 2008 mm-hmm. against up against Sully up and Torres got two twelve. You know what I mean? So they're phenomenal performances, and I think like Hoggy's just and it's been completely lost today. Yeah, in this you get lost on that because you know when you lose, obviously it, you know that that kind of that that, that goes that, that that falls into the in, in, into the in, into the the bigger picture in that kind of scenario. So, but I think you know we we got to you know he's such a huge player for Cork. He's been a, such a huge talisman. We you know we we I think they need to look at uh, maybe the maybe the style of what they're trying to play. It's been reasonably successful. In, in, you've won two monsters in the last two years. But for some reason, when it, when it gets to the knockout match, when you get to Crow Park, it hasn't worked. How hard will it be, Derek, for John Myler to, to go again if he, if he decides to? Yeah, it's just you're trying to read the body language of someone, you know, even last night and yesterday, you know, I was watching, watching the highlights of it last late last night um, when I came home. just And, you know, he strikes me, he exudes kind of confidence all the time. But I thought he looked a bit, you know, it was a bit chasing on him. Yes, he looked a bit, you know... He just looked a bit shook, I suppose, in terms of just his his reaction to it. And yet he kind of he he honed in on the positivity around car curling, around 
the youth, you know, and I, I, I was only talking to Ger before we came on air there about Cork's decision not even to go into the under-14 All-Ireland competition this year in Watford, Tony Forrestal tournament, that there seems to be a kind of structure based in Cork where they're ensuring that inclusivity is part of the whole process. And we know how well they're going between 14 and 20, if you like, in terms of the plans and the structures that are in place and the two hearty teams getting to the final. It's about the next step towards bringing that forward. And I faced a similar scenario myself, I suppose, my, my first year at Watford, a lot of experienced guys, we left them go after a year one and then you integrate a number of younger guys and merging those together and trying to ensure that the balance is right because you can't just dispense of somebody because because there's youthful players coming behind them. The youthful players have to be nearly not good enough to replace them, but they have to. there has to be a balance there in terms of what they will add to the, to the overall thing. So I think what you'll listen to in the next few weeks, for instance, Cork will play the under-20 Munster final. In, I think Cork, typically Kenny, you know, or Cork, typically Kenny, whoever, they might end up in the all Ireland final again, like last year, possibly. And you'll, you'll probably hear... The, the basic populist opinion amongst Cork people but, oh this fella should be promoted Young Toomey should be promoted O'Leary Hayes should be promoted Millerick should be report, uh, promoted and it's a different environment and a different world you know so the whole thing has to be right so in terms of the prognosis um, for, for Cork and, and, and even and, and John Myler himself that's his own decision you know that's that's completely his own decision in terms of how he goes about it. A lot will be based on his relationship with, with Fraggy and with Don Lomahani. Do they want to go at it again? Do they feel they've brought him far enough? Um, do they feel a different voice would be would be would be welcome? Or or do they feel that yeah we're the people that, that actually that have moulded this so far and we're the people that can make the necessary changes that will bring it on the next step as well? And that's in the, in the hands of themselves and the board, I'd imagine. But in your case, Derek, how far out? Did you make your decision that this was it? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I, I took a bit of persuading after the 2017 All-Ireland final in that. Um, not a bit of persuading, but I I, I had said I, I didn't want to fall into that cute category. I, I mean that with the greatest respect in terms of you get out while you're in the final or you've lost the final. So I couldn't live in my own conscience based on that. So I kind of... You know, you often see people get out in the back of a wing and they're heralded for the rest of their life, you know. So I said... I didn't think I, I had such a relationship with the boys. I didn't want to kind of end it like that. And 2000 might have been better off in 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 that. I'd often meet people say, oh, you should have got out in 2017, you know. But I think you have to live it in your own conscience as well in that you owe a certain amount to the boys to give it another year. We had a disastrous 2018. So I had made the decision at the beginning of 2018, listen, I'm going to give this a right rattle, uh, give it everything we have. And then things spiralled out of control and downhill. But there was a kind of a sense of... A, kind of a definite for me in terms of where it was going and and in the midst of all the adversity that we faced in 2018 through injuries and lack of home venue and lack of form as much as anything else I was still able to kind of you know take solace from the fact that I was getting out and that sounds like I wasn't enjoying it at the time there's a contradiction there I was still enjoying it the point being I suppose is that I think you have to you have to look at the the emotional sustainability of when you're with your home county, especially, you know, if you're, if you're, if it's eating you up, if it's, if it's obsessing you to the point where, where you're kind of, you're tired, you're, you can't, you know, physically and mentally, it's just completely absorbing and consuming your mind. I think that you have to get out, you know. Okay. Derek mentioned the word emotion there. I was mentioning to you a little earlier. I was struck by the emotion that Brian Cody showed mm. yesterday for an All Ireland quarter final. 
Yeah, well, Brian, I think Brian Cody always, when you, as Dalo said in the paper this morning, when, when you see Brian Cody spitting in his hands, and, 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 and you know, that's that's a sign that, like, you know, you've got to be on your game today because he's on his game today. Because, uh, you know, I suppose probably for the first time in a number of years, um, probably Brian Cody's uh, people in Kilkenny were beginning to ask a, a fair bit in relation to his tenure, and which I felt I was at a. Um, I was at a podcast during the week in Kilkenny and, and like you know some people asked the question like will this be Brian Cody's last year and I, I thought it was an incredible question like, like does Cody with the success that he's had over the years you know he, he's been phenomenal and all of a sudden then there's a bit of a dip coming in and then people are, are very quick to get on the bandwagon to say well it's time for a change and I suppose it's probably coming from the fact of maybe there's a couple of guys there have come on the radar Chef Flynn and, it's a, and, yeah and isn't it amazing have, two years yeah, ago who, who was ever going to succeed Brian Cody yeah, I know there's there's a queue there's probably a queue and, and it's probably that's that's probably probably what's driving mm. the, the kind of scenario and the fact that they probably didn't have they hadn't had success in relation to trophy wise on the pitch that they haven't won in Leinster in, in, in two or three years you know that uh, maybe that's driving that and they got you know they're, they're, they lost the quarter final last year maybe if, if they if they hadn't won yesterday the people would be asking questions but like for, for the record that he has it's incredible that people are questioning those kind of things but uh, you know so yesterday you could see it you know I think that yesterday he got players back on the pitch that he hadn't have all year and I think that when I saw the team during the week I was I was worried like when you see Walter Walsh whether he wasn't picked because of his ankle injury or he wasn't showing form in training to me I was saying it during the week as well Richie Hogan came on for a minute against Wexford down in Wexford Park like and Richie Hogan, it was a horrid year a couple of years ago, is an absolute class player in my view. People said he was injured and that he had, he had a back injury and all that kind of stuff. But if you were able to come on uh, in, a, in, 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 in a match, um, I felt there was something missed that he, that he wasn't picking him. Uh, and yesterday, I, I, I was hoping that he wouldn't be playing. Mm. Because he's a, very, he's a great player. I think he's a class player. Yesterday, he you know, stuck a goal in two points. But again, his work rate off the ball, he blocked down Seanadon, who once or twice coming out with the ball. Just, you know, that, that message to the backs when you've got forwards up there doing that sort of stuff. Um, again, he, I got, he got position right. Um, he played Conor Fogarty quite deep in the first half, moved him. Uh, he took off Killian Buckley at halftime, brought on Walter Walsh. Again, put him in corner forward. It asked the question of two of Cork because Mark Ellis all of a sudden was now playing, going from right half back to left corner back uh, in a position that he would not be comfortable in. That he has, you know, it's a huge difference going in mm-hmm. playing in the full back line. Uh, and I thought that you know those kind of dis- those those switches and decisions at halftime certainly played uh, had a, had a, had an impact. And I, I think that they were only enhanced when when the when Richie Hogan broke onto the broke the the, the, the ball from Finley stuck her in the net. I think that was that was a huge dagger blow. It just gave Kilkenny that little bit of if you that momentum and And that was always the case though, Jared. No matter how how much Cork would come back and they get it back to three points to two points, Kilkenny could still go up and get that next score. Well, then. yeah, it looked at it just if you looked at the range of scores, I think that the twelve scores twelve different scorers mm. from playing from freeze that Kilkenny got yesterday. It's a huge return. Twelve Massive. like if Cork got yeah. five. Yeah, you know, so like the, to have that scenario where you, everyone yesterday all year we were saying TJ Reid was 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 the guy that was leading it. He was getting little support. Everybody chipped in yesterday. Everybody, everybody, you know, Mullen scored, Richie Lahey scored. Like John Donnelly, who hadn't played all year, started the first half, played him, got two points, had another one that he probably should have put over the bar. Huge, huge impact and a huge uh, part to play. Like, you know, mid, you know, their midfielders, Conor Brown, a lot of energy, would have known Fitzgibbon from playing with UCC at the end this year. Like, I mean, probably a cute move on, on Brian's behalf to throw him in. He hadn't played all, he hasn't, that, was, that was his debut. You know, so it was, he took a gamble maybe on a couple of players and, and it paid off for him. But again, I just think that Kilkenny, I think we, down here especially, I think we were, I think we wrote him off too easily. Derek spoke about last year, the form. Cork's form this year was, was patchy. You know what I mean? It was the, the, the matches that they needed to win. Up to Ennis, it was patchy. You know, if they had lost that match, or they lose the match, but if, if Tip had been beaten by Limerick, they were out. 
you know so it was a it was a match it was a result outside their control yes. that got him into the into the quarter final and I just felt at times this year down the park against tipped was patchy we we weren't seen to be playing with the same energy that we had that we even even we had last year you know so I think that uh, you know they'll be disappointed with it like you know but I think I think we have to look at it Kilkenny with a better side on the day if John Kiley had dispatched you to Crow Park yesterday Derek for a a scouting report on Kilkenny what would you be coming back with yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, I think I, I think if Kylie was there himself, he, he wouldn't even have to go to know that the basic prerequisites that are associated with Kilkenny performance in terms of the genuineness of it, the sincerity of it, the resolve shown, particularly guys like like we say Joey Holden, you know, scorched by Alan Cadigan early on, goes out, you know, to wing back and, and just holds his own then and digs in. Paddy Deegan digs in. So I think. Um, what he would see from a defensive point of view is is it's almost as if the Kilkenny jigsaw is falling into place in that he'd go home saying to himself, well, Walter Welch will definitely start the next day. Richie Hogan will definitely start the next day. So the argument is that the best sextet of forwards available to Kilkenny in Richie Hogan, TJ Reid, Richie Lahey, Walter Walsh, Adrian Mullen, um, and whoever I'm missing on, uh, yeah, are, 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 will be on the field. So we're going to, pay, we're going to face what we faced ultimately last year in the quarterfinal without Walter Walsh, we'll face the Kilkenny's best team. He'll get another two weeks into Killian Buckley um, on the training field. The 30 minutes or the 35 minutes will stand to him, albeit he's not in, in, in good form at the moment, coming back from a serious injury. And it's also the defensive structures. They'll face a, the learning point for, for, for Kilkenny will come from the point of view of the early season meeting in Nolan Park where, where Limerick put them to the sword, playing the way they play with Garrod Hegarty, Kyle Hayes and Tom Morrissey coming as deep as they do, supplemented by wonderful forward line. And for me now, Kilkenny, Kylie will see the fact that Kilkenny almost mirrored that yesterday with Cork. That's how they broke Cork eventually. That's how Conor Fogarty was able to sit as deep as he was in Joey Holden. The fact that Walter was the outball inside in the full forward line, but the middle of the field was 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 occupied by Mullen. It was occupied by Richie Lahey. It was occupied by Colin Fenley late in the game. And for me, Kylie Kylie is is the same cut from the same cloth as 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 Cody. In that the the catalyst for any performance outside of a game plan will be based on you know what we need to do to win the game, which is the basic attitude having to be spot on and all the character traits that we've listed already. But he'll also say to himself, how can I? have Kilkenny learn from from the fact that the space that they left to Cork early in the first half have they learned from that and he'd hope that they'll be able to expose that perhaps that maybe maybe Kilkenny will they be as gullible again as they, as they were and if they are you know Gillan Hegarty you know Hayes Morrissey uh, Graham Mulcahy will be exposed to them in terms of when that space opens up in Crow Park OK second All-Ireland quarterfinal went along expected lines to Prairie ending Leash's uh, fairy tale run um, not as polished a performance as we would have expected from Tipperary, was it, Jar? No, uh, I suppose not. I suppose, but I think you give credit on, on one side to Leash and, and on their performance. Like they brought, a, they brought a great crowd. They brought, a, you know, they brought a novel pairing, like in a quarterfinal, from the point of view that they haven't been there for a while. Uh, they certainly put it up to Tipperary, and I was, you know, I was, I was in the Hogan stand watching yesterday. I think, I think Tipperary kind of, you know, left the gate open for them a small bit, and but the, like the preoccupation of going for goals. I thought they tried to work goals at every opportunity in the first half where there was points on for the taking. They could have tapped them over the bar, uh, keep the, t- the scoreboard ticking over and c- could have pulled away, I felt. But I, th- I 
the mindset I think to yesterday was that we needed goals and we were going to go get goals and we would maybe kill off Leash by getting goals. But when it didn't happen, you know, fairness to Leash, they kept on in their uh, their their effort and their you know Leash are like Leash are have turned have turned the corner in relation to you know they're they're a good side. Um, that was a different leash and the style of play that they played you know this year especially only watching him yesterday there's a different style of le- play that leash have uh, have that uh, Eddie has brought in and Niall Corcoran have brought into the into their style you know be, be, you know it's 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 a modern day kind of game they you know they're very athletic they're very they're some very good hurlers they play through the lines they have a system and they believe in it and i think in fairness to them three games in 14 days well kind of i felt it might be a bit too much for them and the emotion of of the previous two weeks might come to come against them but fair play to them they stuck in they never gave up you know the man being sent off would he go being sent off after five minutes in the second half you know they could have they could have thrown in the towel and said look that's it's, it's not our day but in fairness I think that uh, our credit to them you know it's been great it's been that's probably they've been the story of, of hurling so far this year and fair play to them uh, we'll come back to Leach yeah. in, in just one minute I'm going to put that question similar to Derek to you if Davy Fitz rang you this morning and said Jared, give us a bit of a steer on Tipperary yesterday what would you say yeah I suppose um I suppose he was watching it. I, th- I think you know we, we all know the, that the Tipperary forwards on, on their day can be can be can be can be lethal. You know they have some great scoring forwards. But I think again yesterday, like um, Fitzy's system will cause problems to, to Tipperary because they like they they kept the out ball kept going out to James Barry yesterday, and he just kind of seemed to he wasn't sure whether to carry it or just maybe you know to hit it long into where there's an extra man. And I think the Fitzy's tactics will, will will be similar. He he's gonna um, he's gonna play with the extra man back there. It it will it will it will stifle the Tipperary uh, forward line. But that you have an extra man inside there. I suppose the concern for for, for Tipperary, from Tipperary's point of view is that the form of bubbles has gone since the mm-hmm. since the first two games. He seems to have seriously dipped. Uh, and you know again, I suppose we spoke about half forward line. I think the yesterday's half forward line: Dan McCormack, Nilo Mara, bubbles. They weren't scoring yesterday, like you know. So, and they're going to have a, they're going to have six backs plus a sweeper inside there. To, to and but I think Wexford have, have perfected a system, you know, and, and you know they know how to play. And I think I think after yesterday, I think you come away. Maybe it will suit Chidi that uh, all of a sudden the expectation level, from a Wexford point of view, is going to going to rise. And now all of a sudden people will say, well, Wexford have a they have a serious chance in that they've been really you know they've been impressive this year. Um, they're hard to play against, and I think that uh, I think Tipperary will have it all to do. Okay, we have a sound engineer here from Tipperary who's shifting uncomfortably in his uh, seat there. One of the things that Larry actually was pointing out earlier, Brendan Mars' deployment was he kind of back a bit closer to goal? Yeah, well, they, they, like the system yesterday meant Leash played man back there. So like Brendan, like normally you would expect a Patrick Mar to be the the sweeper, uh, but it was actually I think yesterday it was Brendan Mar was more the the you know the sweeping player. Uh, again, yeah, like any of those three guys across the half back line can can play that role very well. And I'd say he looked upon yesterday like we know Paddy Mar can do it. Um, you know, let's look at Brendan. Maybe look at Brendan and see how he can do it because like that half back line has been their launch pad, and no, they have an extra they have an extra body inside there. And I'd say yesterday we'll give will give Sheedy a good insight into how to play against that system. Mm. You know, and I know they scored two twenty five and us you know, but you know, they weren't that, you know, I just felt that, you know, the the preoccupation of going for goal, I think, you know, maybe um, you know I think Wexford have good defenders and I think maybe he might look at that at if the point is on for the taking, there's no need to go for the juggler all the time. You know. Okay. Uh, Derek? Yeah, I think the Brendan Marwan was interesting for me in that 
sometimes the, the harmony of, of not the harmony of a team but Liam's perspective on it might have been listen Brendan has taken down Tony Kelly he had to take down Austin Gleeson he had he was put back in a cornerback role the last day on, on Aaron Gillan I think you know so he's he's performed heroically in, in man marking roles and sometimes in a game that without being in any way kind of overly confident or arrogant it might have been a case of you know getting a bit of hurling into him too and giving him that freedom to approach it the other thing might have been the fact that Maybe Porig Mar will match up with one of the more Jack O'Connor in the Wexford game. You know, he he might match Porig Mar and leave Brendan free, and Brendan maybe perhaps has a little bit more but more mobility to get across the lines. And I just I saw Boris Ali playing in the last couple of years, and Brendan actually played in that role under Johnny Kelly with with Boris Ali, and it's just interesting to watch him playing it. Has that bit more mobility across the lines, and maybe can get forward. The other interesting thing for me was. Cahill Barrett, both Cahill Barrett and Alan Flynn were pushing forward from cornerbacks, and there's going to be come a day, come a day. And Jerry actually did this to us in in a quarter final of a, of a when he was Dublin manager, where seven will push up on seven. You know, sometimes I was just watching it yesterday, and I know it leaves a huge amount of space. And you're saying to yourself, "God, five on five at the back for Tipperary with perhaps a lack of mobility overall." But there's going to come a day where a team tries that. Klopp kind of gig and press approach where they just hem them in and and it's very you know I know it's very difficult in hurling where you can transfer it so quickly 70, 80 yards 100 yards and you're one on one but I'm just wondering sometimes the word from the Tipperary camp that I was hearing early in the year that they were actually planning for you know to hem teams in and to over, turn turn over teams up in their own half and then be, have the have the kind of creativity to be able to um, you know score from from those enclosed areas or those kind of so that that that's the interesting thing for me the disappointing thing from a Tipperary point of view I think Jason Four got one twelve or one thirteen Shamey got one two and they only got a point from the other forwards again. There's another uh, parallel or as a barometer for Davy in terms of taking hope. The league match in 2018, Wexford played Tipperary in Thurles on a Saturday night. And I was at it. We were playing the next day. I can't remember who we were playing. And I just, Wexford created about five or six goal scoring chances. And then I tipped one, seven or eight points. But I remember coming away from that game and saying, Jesus, Wexford have something that can trouble Tip here. If they just had the extra pass, to their athleticism, they just nearly had it right that night. But I think coming away from it yesterday... I think the general perception in the run-up to the game will now be Wexford have a right chance. And the more of that I hear, the more worrying I will feel it will be for Wexford. You know, And that's, that's just a, maybe a gut instinct clicking or kicking in. Because you know, even Sheedy last night was, was mentioned that, that Wexford are raging hot favourites. So you have to be stupid altogether to kind of believe that, you know, that, that Wexford are favourites in any capacity. So tip... You know, in the knowledge that they can improve, I still, I still think they have the guns that could fire again. You know what I mean? And that would go against the grain of of their form in the last two matches. Okay, final question, lads. Uh, Brian Gavin, very good column today in the Examiner, just on refereeing. Cynicism coming into hurling more and more. I'm going to say that the dreaded football black card. Is it time for it? I think it's time for a discussion about it. Certainly, Colm, I think that um, I wouldn't be a fan of the black card per se. Uh, you know, another card into into hurling but certainly when you look at it yesterday and, and it, you know we've both been involved in teams and I suppose if you're you're, you're sitting in, in Cody's shoes yesterday and your man makes the breakthrough you'll be take him down you know what I mean so that, that'd be your that'd be your motto like from the point of view but it's it's you know, you know what's going to happen. What, what the, what the answer is, I'm not sure. Maybe some sort of penalty that you know that some time in the bin, uh, something like that. I, I, the, the black card came in, and, and even even you go to football matches now, you're still not sure whether it is a black card or a yellow card or what the scenario is. But um, 
Overall, I wouldn't be a favour of the black card coming into hurling, but I think something needs to be looked at as to what you do, how you punish teams from from, from doing that. Whether it is whether you give a, a you know a penalty or a twenty-one yard free for a blatant foul like that, but it, it just you know it's 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 it, it's just, it, it's a blight on our game at the moment that when teams are doing that, when they know they're ahead, they will take one for the team and you know they'll take the yellow card, and the referee has no choice. He's that's all he can do, mm. even though he might feel like doing something else. The rules of the game are that he can only give a yellow card. Yeah, I think it'd be very hard to. to uh, implement what what I'd have in mind in that when a team is defending a lead, I think it, the cynicism rises to new to new levels in that. So uh, you know, so a team is four points up with, with six or seven minutes to go. I think any free like inside the the D should be a penalty. You know, if there's any kind of obvious blatant fouling of someone outside the twenty one in around that D area, I think it should be just a straightforward penalty in that. You know, and, and we've seen so many examples. And again, it's the consistency of approach in terms of there was a couple of guys ankle tapped during the summer. There was a couple of guys where hurlies were put in between guys' legs and they, they tripped on the way to goal you know you're back to the whole kind of professional foul argument so what I'm what I'm you know what I'm proposing is very hard to implement because you're kind of looking up at the clock it's probably too loose to implement but I think ultimately something that involves a sanction or a punishment that is you know that is actually traceable or measurable by 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 a score going against it apart from the points so I think a penalty for anything inside the D um, you know, in ultimately at near the end of a game, but again, the policing of that and, and the implementation of that is probably impossible. But I'm not in favour of the black card, and 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 I'm not in favour of, of cynicism. But I can't be hypocritical, given the fact that I was in management. I often said to the guys, you know, we got to be clever here now. Coming coming to half time, seven points up, we'll you know foul if necessary. You know, fouling is an option, I suppose. Mm. You know, you often say, fellas, fouling is an option when an overlap is on or whatever. So don't want to be completely hypocritical on it either. You'd have never said anything like that, Jar, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's 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 a results-giving game, Colm. Mm. Like it's needs must, like in a situation like that. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, t- again, Patrick Horgan hit two unbelievable twenty-one yard frees. Like again, he could have finished up with, with five ten yesterday. Like you know, they could have went in. You know, there was one cornerback blocked one, and one Murphy blocked the other. You know what I mean? But it's just that it's a you know, when there's five or six in the goal, it's very difficult to do it. But you knew it was going to happen the minute Alan Kent took the ball on yesterday. They knew he was going to be pulled down. So, you know, it's it's as I say, it's needs must. Well, Whatever's needed at the time, you must do, you'll do it. You know. And our thanks indeed to Derek McGrath and to Jer Cunningham for joining us here in the Irish Examiner Studios for our GA Championship podcast, which is sponsored by Renault. Don't forget, you can listen to the podcast each and every day on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or on irishexaminer.com forward slash podcast. And please leave a rating and a review. That's it for today's shows. We're back again, same time, same place next week. Hopefully, we'll have your company once more for that. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 